0: Welcome to the podcast, Science of High-Paid, High-Performing, Happy Engineers, the show to help engineers develop all skills non-technical. My name is Aditya Gute and I'm a speaker and a performance coach for engineers to transform them into rock stars because I believe there's a rock star hiding inside each one of you and it just needs to be brought outside to uncover your full potential as an engineer. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today we have Gilbert Eichel and Boone. 10 years ago, he was a professional poker player. Every day he was optimizing his decisions based on data and human behavior. He doesn't play poker anymore, but he's still passionate about numbers and psychology. While his academic background is in behavioral science, he has built a career in analytics consulting. Combining both words, he's founded the training company, Mind Speaking, Soft Skills for Data Science and Analytics. He also bridges psychology and analytical thinking in his book, People's Skills for Analytical Thinkers. This, ex- this book explains about human behavior through algorithm metaphors. I personally have read the book one of the great books, especially for um, engineering engineers and data science. Welcome to the show Gilbert. Pleasure to have you here.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Also because the work we do has a lot of parallels and um, I'm curious to, to discover more and looking forward to a great conversation.
0: Great, yes. So let's start with your story, Deepak. You were a poker player. You had a major in psychology. And your hope you have also written about you were, how you were shy. And now I've seen you speak before. You're, you're a terrific speaker. So how did this transformation happen uh, to you?
1: Yeah, I think it was a very long and sometimes painful process. But that's with all the personal development topics, I think. I think where it started was when, when I was playing poker and I love playing poker because poker is a game of mathematics and analysis and, and I, I love to do that. Because every time I need to make a decision, because I was playing online poker, every time I could look at the statistics, if someone was playing aggressively or folded a lot of hands and based on that information, I could make my decisions. But outside of poker, it was, it was different because in conversations and while interacting with others, I didn't have those statistics that told me what to do. That's why it was difficult for me to, to interact. I was analyzing way too much. I was, I was overthinking. And every time when I wanted to say something, I was evaluating my thoughts internally, whether it was good or funny or smart enough to say to the group and whether it would contribute enough to the conversation. And because I was overthinking so much, I was not really connecting and not sharing myself. And that led to some issues. Um, in the, firstly, while I was studying, it was harder to connect w- with, with people. And later also when I was working, because as I was working for Cognizant, uh, technology consulting forum, I also discovered that just analytical skills would not get me there. And while doing okay. presentations that that really didn't work out because I was so focused. I brought all the data, all the rational analysis that I could find, but by not connecting to the people in the audience and understanding what's important to them, I was just in my head and really focused on the rational analysis and that didn't work out. And
0: so, uh um... And, and and I I could totally relate with that right. I was an engineer for over ten years, and you know, I also uh, you know helped many other technical professionals there just in their head trying to figure out how to say the right thing. How so? So how did that transformation happen to you, where you recognized what I really need is people's skills and, and pursue that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it started in my in my student life where I recognized, hey. Sometimes when I'm thinking so much, it doesn't really work to have a have a good conversation because when I focus on the other person instead, then the conversation is much better. Also, when I'm doing a podcast like now, if I'm thinking all the time about what I'm about to say, it's not working out. I just want to focus on you and, and have a connection, even though it's on the screen many thousand miles away. away I think it works much better. And also while I was in my job, I realized, okay, this is not going to work if I only focus on the analytical skills, the technical side. So then I started to read a lot of books, a lot of books. By now, I don't know how many, probably uh, over 80 books about personal development and human behavior. And I'm fascinated by by the topic because I think it's so interesting to understand how other people work and to realize that my my own brain works so differently compared to other people's uh, people's brain, and and that's how I started to yeah, to work on myself to d- discover a bit more about myself, what matters to me, and be more open and not be so much in my in my head.
0: Yeah, from what I'm learning is you faced certain challenges and you realize that things that got you to where you were is not going to get you to the next level, um, like overcoming certain challenges. And that's when you started focusing on other people more instead of just trying to figure out what, uh, what's the right thing. So with other tech professionals, right, uh, that you're helping uh, right now, I see this, the same patterns where in, uh, wherein, they're mostly focused on how to say the right thing, how to sound smart. And that has helped them for a very long time because it helped them become better engineers. So at what point do you think uh, typically people have that shift? And do you have any suggestions on when people can start, have to start focusing on, on people skills? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it really varies per person when they discover it. Some people discover it quite early in their career, maybe in the few first years, but there's also people who realize in the last few years of the career that people skills are needed, and there's more needed than the technical side, and maybe they figure out one once they get reach like a certain level in their in their career. Some people also figure it out in their personal relationships or maybe with their spouses where, where their spouse may say that they are not connecting in it. They're just in their heads and not only focusing on the rational side and not making the connection. And I think it's a, it's a common common problem. And I think the first step to, to take for, for people that realize, okay, this is something I want to improve. I want to change. I think the first step is self-awareness. And in my book, I outline a few steps that are, uh, that are common and very helpful to, to get more self-awareness. Uh, one of them is, is journaling, to, to write down what, what your thoughts are about your day, what went well, what didn't go so well, to have these small evaluations of your day. And it can be about the small interaction where you, you realize, okay, maybe I was a bit too, too shy, a bit too inward focused, and that's something that, that you can then optimize the next time. Or yeah, alternatively, you could also ask feedback and asking feedback about yourself may seem daunting and may seem uh, scary because people are gonna tell you something that you you already know, or maybe you don't wanna know, or maybe something you don't know yet. And, um, and that can, can be very scary. But what I found is uh, having a better understanding of yourself and optimizing, making the changes you want uh, can be very rewarding.
0: Yes, uh, talking about the book, he, you have created the book's content and sometimes in the form of diagrams, which are super easy to follow. It's probably one of the easiest books to read through and really absorb the contents of it. So what went into the process of creating this book and you, you mentioned some, a couple of things which is that you've read many books right and, and would love to hear you know how you uh, how you were able to really break it down into something super easy for people to understand in the book
1: mm-hmm. yeah well what i thought first because last year i was on a trip around the world i was at the moment i started to book i was um, in guatemala and Back then, I didn't realize I was writing a book. I just wanted to write maybe 20 pages for for analytical type of people like me, who may also be struggling with with these topics. And I thought, okay, I'll write 20 pages, a PDF document, and I'll see what I do. I just want to share what I I would wish that I would have known when I started my career. And then I started writing and writing about all the stuff I learned. And all of a sudden... I had so many pages, more and more, 50, 100, 150. And then I thought, okay, this is not gonna be a PDF. It's probably gonna be a book. And it was it was quite difficult to, to make a coherent story about it because 100 blog posts, yes, it costs a lot of time, but it's not that difficult. Writing a book, I think, to make a coherent story is much more difficult. But what I discovered around along the way while talking to all these analytical thinkers, these people that are the target audience of my book, who I'm trying to to help boost their people skills. I discovered how many people struggle with these these topics and how many would potentially benefit from developing these types of skills. Because next to the interviews I did with analytical thinkers, I also talked with leaders in the industry. And I was quite surprised because almost all those leaders told me that technology is not the main issue but the psychology is and the people side of of analytics and and it and that made me think okay i'm really on onto something this is not going to be a book just a pdf document of 20 pages or something for myself it's going to be i'm i'm onto something and it's going to be bigger and that felt me motivated to to write, although it felt quite vulnerable to to do. And I'm happy I um, I persisted.
0: That, that's awesome. And everything that you're saying, uh, the number of interviews you did, the type of people that you have interviewed, the kind of books you have written, read, uh, you know, it shows in the book uh, uh, the, how comprehensive the book is, and also. Um, the simplicity in which you presented some of the topics in the book you speak about listening to your emotions right especially people uh, who are naturally inclined towards analytical thinking we often discard our emotions and we were almost told that emotions are, are something you shouldn't be caring about don't make emotional decisions so but in the book, you talk about how emotions guide you in many different ways. So tell us a little more about
1: that. Mm-hmm. But what, what I can tell about that is the metaphor that I use is the elephant and the rider. And how it works is that you have this big elephant and a, and a rider on top. A guy sits on top or a girl. And the metaphor works as follows. Because our brain is mainly operated by two systems. That's, that's how you can see it. That's the research that Kahneman did. One system is the rational brain. It's the analytical brain. It's a bit slower, but it's very deliberate and it's very good at analyzing, analyzing situations. On the other hand, we have the emotional brain and the emotional brain is more impulsive. It's emo- emotional, of course, it's impulsive and it wants to make decisions quickly. Now, these, how these two different brains interact is, is like the elephant and the rider, because the the guy on top is the analytical brain. And the, the guy on top, of course, knows where to go. He, has in, he calculated, he has a map in his hand, and he knows what is the best way to go. But the elephant down there is 70 times heavier. It's very, very difficult to get under control. And the elephant is impulsive and goes where he wants to go. Because while the guy on top sees, okay, this is the way to go, the elephant sees some food on the left and some distraction on the right. And that's, that's how the elephant eventually decides what's going to happen. Because the, the, the rider on top can, can try to steer and nudge the elephant, but the elephant is much, much heavier. And that's the representation of our emotional and rational brain because usually we know what is what is the right way to go but often we don't we don't end up doing that for example if you after a hard day of work you say to yourself okay tonight i'm gonna do a workout but then after that day of work you discover that you're sitting on on the couch and then if you analyze that you can probably sense where this is going the emotional elephant says yeah well let's uh, let's let's chill for a bit you worked hard and you're also gonna justify your own behavior and my argument in the book is that just pushing away all these emotions and neglecting it is a problem because the elephant because you're ignoring the beast that has all the power so what I'm saying is that you need to recognize a bit better what's going on in your body in terms of emotions and all the biases that you have so you can take away some of those biases. And by recognizing your, your emotions better, you also understand yourself better. And that leads to more self-awareness.
0: Love that. As a follow-up question, Gilbert, there are times when you are probably you're, you're with a group of anecdotes you know uh, some argument gets heated up emotions show up and uh, there are times when emotions are coming from a place of frustration hatred towards other person and there are times when emotions are coming from a place of genuine love care for others how do you distinguish the difference between those two
1: yeah great question and i think it's a it's a question that is that is easy to answer but hard to implement. Because once you get into these topics, get a bit more self-aware, understand yourself better, get, get feedback from others, do journaling, maybe meditation if you, if you dare to. Um, but but by, by doing that, you understand yourself a bit better. And then you also understand the feelings in your body a bit better. So if you're in, in a meeting, which takes very long and everyone is distracted and it's not going on point, Maybe you can sense some tension in your stomach. And if you get more awareness of that, hey, I'm, I'm a bit frustrated or I feel at least uh, uh, oh, an uncomfortable emotion. If you, if you can sense that, that's already a huge, huge step. So instead of responding directly and getting very annoyed and uh, so frustrated with the situation, if you recognize the tension in your stomach, Then you can ask yourself, hey, what's going on here? Probably something is not in line with how I would like to see it. And then you can start to ask yourself some questions and and discover what's happening. And then you probably find out, hey, this this is because the meeting is not going as planned. And this is a very concrete example, but it can also be more subtle. Maybe someone asks you to, to, to help with with a presentation or an analysis, and you're tempted to say, yes, this is what I did a lot of times. And I said, I said yes, quite often, even though internally I felt not good about saying yes and to committing. And by saying yes, I, after I felt a bit stressed because I had so many commitments and I did not have any time for my own projects and my own task that I was excited about. So by recognizing a bit more in the moment what's happening in your stomach, you can also change your behavior based on that.
0: Great answers. And you also outlined some of the steps on how to build greater self-awareness. How to go a little bit deeper into yourself in, in your book. So, um, and last few questions, Gilbert. Now that you have acquired this wisdom, Right uh, through your own transformation and you can tap into you, uh, your analytical skills and also emotional skills and people skills. How do you handle a conversation with a person who's primarily analytical, who's not in touch with the emotions and feelings and the people's part, skills part? Uh, any experiences recently on how you handle such people?
1: So you mean peop- how, to, how to interact with someone that is... Yes.
0: Very yes, much. how to interact and maybe even de- develop a connection with such
1: mm-hmm. people. Right. Yeah, I think I think what what works best is if you understand where the other person is coming from. So what what the the more analytical person is not sharing as as many as emotions because it's not comfortable. So if you're asking, putting the spotlight on that person and ask ask to share a lot at once it's probably not gonna work because because that person is not so comfortable with that. But by first showing that it's a, it's a safe space, showing some vulnerability yourself, showing your emotions yourself without dumping all your emotions on, on that person because that's unlikely gonna work, but slowly revealing a bit more for, from yourself, then the other person will most likely open as well. And you can do those step-by-step those step. first, talking about a topic that is of interest to him or her to have a comfortable conversation and then slowly move a bit more towards uh, a a real connection beyond just factual, factual stuff, because that's, that's what we talk about a lot in, in our life facts where uh, this is where I went. um, This is what I did. This is what time I, I, I went there, but I think, no matter if you are more emotional or analytical person, the strongest connection with other people we feel when we share more about the why. So why you did that, what's your intention and what's your purpose. And those words sound quite fluffy, but if you say what you love about your work or why you love your work and what you love about your holiday, that's much more interesting than I went to Rome and I went there for two weeks and I went to the beach. That's, that leads to a lot of boring conversation.
0: Right. I, I love the part that, you know, if someone is uncomfortable sharing their emotion, just accept them for who they are. They're probably not ready. So you have to really uh, gauge the feelings, gauge the energy and play accordingly. How much you want to share, how much you don't want to share, right? There's no hard, no logical answer. Same. Exactly. Just follow this formula, you will get these results. Last exactly. question, uh, Gilbert, you also offer a, a free course on how to build strong relationships and strong connections with others and have big conversations. Can you talk a, a little bit about your uh, the course that you offer on your website?
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, what I as I mentioned in the beginning, I, I struggled quite a bit with with interac- interactions with others and conversations because i was focused so much on the on the content itself what i would what i would like to say and how i should say it and that's why i started this year i started the a free email course which is 16 emails every 3 days you get one email and the idea is that there's some text in there that will cover one one topic could be starting a conversation or how to ask good good questions how to create a better connection with someone how to improve your relationships and also how to end the conversation that can also be a difficult one and throughout that course i offer some 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 guidelines and ask questions for you to reflect because i don't really believe in okay this is what you this is what you need to do and that's the perfect recipe what i believe in is that I want to trigger you to, to think for yourself and to try out stuff, to see what works for you in your life. So you can make the change, not just this week, but for the long-term as well.
0: I love that. There, there's some people who will be like, this is the only way in how you accomplish this. result." But what you're saying is, I'm sharing you some perspectives at the end of the day. It's up to you to figure out what works and what doesn't. Exactly. Gilbert, any final thoughts that you would like to share with my
1: analytical audience? Yeah, I would love to, to connect with you. And then with that, I don't mean just connecting on LinkedIn, but I would be very curious to hear what, what your perspectives are, what your challenges are, what you've learned and, and what works for you. Because I feel like we're, we're, all, we are, we're all on a path, right? And analytical types, maybe to understand each other a bit better and my biggest uh, passion is to to learn from others how they can grow more and if i can help them only a tiny little bit with a with one question or or one blog post or whatever uh, that makes my uh, my own life better as well so that would that's something i would like to conclude with it's amazing
0: gilbert um, you know as the world is expanding more in technology what we really need is a human connection is is some and that is something you're offering to the to this world so i appreciate all the work you're doing uh, to to help the humanity through this to this technology age and uh to reach out to you Gilbert is available on LinkedIn and also the email uh, I'll be sharing both these links in the comments of this podcast, so you can
1: reach out to him and uh, connect with him. Great! Thanks so uh, thanks so much for uh, for having me today. I'm sure we're gonna m- talk more in the future, and um, I hope you have a great day. I like the map on the back, by the way. I like that <laughs> makes makes me think about travel. Although I uh, <laughs> I'm not able to travel right now, but it's time uh, yes. time for some travel again.
0: Exactly. Thank you again, Gilbert, for being on the uh, the show. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thanks a lot.